Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint on a live program this Wednesday. I'm Byron Tyler. Right now we have mostly cloudy skies, 80 degrees. Got a 40% chance of showers today with uh, 67 for a low tonight. Tomorrow and Thursday, a high of 90. The temperature is picking back up there with partly cloudy skies. Again, right now, mostly cloudy and 80 degrees. Glad to have you here with us today as we welcome a couple of pastors and men that have been uh, really committed to our community in some great ways through various ministries. Welcome, Pastor Aaron Campbell. And uh, Aaron, good to see you back in the studio. Good. How's it going? How things happen at Rising Sun? Well, everything's going fine. Just moving ahead. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What's been happening lately? Some of, what are some of the things going on in the ministry? Well, we're just basically still doing outreach ministry. We're just trying to help some of these young guys that's on the street. You know, we have an outreach center that we cater to them every every day, three times a week. And we, we believe that God is really blessing that effort. Can we stop there just one second? For the most part, when people think about their church ministry, they think about maybe Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, maybe prayer meeting. Maybe there, there could be a possibly men's group meeting or a ladies' group meeting or Bible study throughout the week. Here we're talking about engaging people in some hard places in life. And I don't know if your church does, but I know there are some churches in town that actually have dorm-type settings or rooms that people can stay in to help them through those tough times. Well, what we do, again, back in 2000, we we decided instead of getting a family life center that we would build an outreach center that would cater to the young men and women in the neighborhood. And we believe that thousands of young men and women have been blessed as a result of that. We've kept them off the streets so they can become more productive citizens. In yeah. And what are some of the activities that take place well, there? Well, we, we have what we call uh, principles of manhood that we sort of offer to the young men. We take our time during the week where we talk to them th- about things of life and how you know how to treat a lady, you know how to be, be more of a man figure for their children, because many of them come over there, they're not married, but they got children. Right. How to be a, become a man for their child and... And then we use basketball as a bait, so to speak. We, we, we're honest about that. But after we get through talking to him and then pouring into him, then we'll let him play basketball. That's great. Before we continue on, let's also welcome our Facebook friends today. If you're watching live on Facebook stream, Byron Tyler page on Facebook, we want to say hi to you. Kind of had my shoulder turned toward the camera. I was trying to make room for all of the, the guests here today. So you're kind of getting a side view of me, but I want everybody to see the great-looking faces of Aaron Campbell and our next guest, who I've been trying to lasso in the studio now for a long time, Don Gilbert. Don, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. <laughs> Have we ever been on the show before? I was trying to think. Uh, Ellen Olford's been. you got to get Don Gilbert on. I know I've wanted to. You've avoided me like the plague. <laughs> Don't take it personally. I, I've avoided a lot of people like the plague. When it comes to being on radio or TV, that's not your thing, huh? Yeah. I don't know if it's that much as much as you are very careful the type of things sure. that you're involved with and what's communicated and trying to avoid miscommunication. And that's so easy today, too, in the sure. gentleman, on social media day that we have today. You've got to be so careful, and I, and I really appreciate that and respect that. Don, for a number of years, you were on staff at Central Church. What was the total time? I was there 29 years. I had no idea it was that long. 29 years. Greatly loved over there in the ministry of Central, I know. But give us the story in a nutshell, what transpired in your life and how you moved out of that ministry and and God was leading you into some new areas. It's an interesting story. It's a time of life when God seems to just take you and turn you upside down. You know, you're traveling along, seem to be content, 
may be a little complacent, and then God says, hey, I prepared you for great ministry and greater things to come. And I was involved in local missions, and we were feeling that uh, we are supporting a lot of parachurch organizations and not getting our people engaged. So we decided to make a paradigm shift, and that paradigm shift involved adopting a zip code and going deep for a number of years. And we chose Orange Mound, and in doing that, um, I uh, became involved in different aspects of Orange Mound and different churches and the community organizations and felt like I needed to get more and more involved. And then the Lord led our family to move and relocate into Orange Mound. So this October will be our fifth year there. And then after that, once we got there, there are some other changes in the church and just felt like it was time to, to leave the comfort of the church and go into the inner city and to begin a nonprofit and do ministry there. You actually moved your family, I believe, into the Orange Mound community, didn't you? Yes, we did. So we moved from Germantown into Orange Mound, uh, bought a house, uh, bought a house that was large enough for us to have some people live with us. So for a time, we had three African-American young adults that lived in the house. And then we had a house down the street where we had some young African-American males live and kind of did some community and ministry together. Wow, that's so exciting. You know, I actually lived for a, just a short time in the Orange Mound community growing up. I was a, a small boy. My grandfather lived off of Sims kind of on the edge, really, of Orange Mound, there where the Cherokee Elementary School. Uh, is Cherokee still there? I'm sorry. It's been a while since I've been right on that particular street. I don't think it's called Cherokee anymore. Or Cherokee Elementary is still, still there. We have a big family community day tomorrow that uh, I'm involved with, and Cherokee's doing great. And that's tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Well, my grandfather actually lived in a duplex across the street from Cherokee, and there was a period of time my family was going through some difficult times, and my parents actually were divorced. So my mom and I went to live with my grandfather. I know that area, Orange Mound, has, has the history is incredible mm-hmm. here, and I know you can talk a little bit about the, the history and Don, too, of that community. Don, what have been some unique challenges do you feel as you've made home and you've been in the Orange Mountain community? Was there some challenges in ministry or just reaching out that you had to go through or learn about in that process? I think when you move from a suburban megachurch environment and then go into the inner city and uh, change cultures, there's a lot of cultural learning to take place. My cultural intelligence in terms of understanding uh, African-American inner-city um, environment has just grown uh, tremendously. I think within the inner-city, once you move there, you find out that some of the things that you just never realized before take place all the time. So the poverty, the lack of education, um, the joblessness, all the challenges and obstacles that take place in the inner-city or just things that you never picked up on on the suburban church. You never thought about right. it, and mm-hmm. now you begin to hear about those things. Often probably said, you know, why can't they have the same opportunity? Why can't they just do better? You hear that, Aaron. You, you probably should. hear people say yeah, that, too. Yeah, well, you know, they got the, they got opportunities. There's no excuses. We have all that stuff that they talk about, you know. Well, well you, you, to be honest, you find out, like Don, Don is an advocate for Afro-American people, and we thank God for that. He's, uh, again, made big sacrifices to to try to learn the culture of I, and I believe that once we learn the culture of a different of a, a, a person a race 
then we can begin to understand why some of the things exist. And I think a lot of it has to do with ignorance. Right. Uh, and that's one of the things that we, we try to, uh, you know, get across in an organization that, that I lead here in Memphis called PCCNA. It's an organization of, of races across the city, different races that we come together, we fellowship, we tackle social issues, anything that has to do with bringing the city together. And once we begin to do that, we, we even have fellowships where we invite uh, uh, someone of different races to their houses. And a lot of times we're meeting, but we don't get really get a chance to get to know people. Exactly. And so what we've done with PCCNA is we just bring people together, get to know them, and and just learn a lot of things about them. We talk about unity, and that's what we're here to talk about today, unity and embracing unity. What you're sharing here, Don, and you too, Aaron, this is kind of foundational, isn't it? I mean, hearing each other's heart, learning about what makes people tick and the kind of the challenges each of us have, spending time together before we can even begin to be have unity. It's exactly right. We talk so much about racial reconciliation. And I think at some point, uh, racial, recon- rec- racial reconciliation has been stymied. I think to take it forward, we've got to become more aware of the issues and educate ourselves, especially those of us who um, come from a very white perspective. But at the same time, we've got to initiate conversations and relationships with those of different colors. We got to do that more than over lunch. We've got to pursue that into someone else's home, into someone else's heart, to begin to hear some of the stories that they've had, stories that we uh, have not wanted to hear, or some stories that overwhelm us because we don't know how to respond. Right. And I think from those relationships, uh, we begin from that base and then can begin to reconcile some of the issues that are taking place. What do you feel is the difference between unity among followers of Jesus Christ? And, and that can look, you know, with different, you know, races and denominations, but those who are true followers of Jesus Christ, the difference between unity among followers of Christ and the talk, it's kind of the buzzword today. You know, everybody want acceptance and we need to be all unified. But is there a difference between unity of, as followers of Christ and what that looks like and what that means compared to, say, you might hear on the news crying out for unity. What do you see as some of the differences and why the church needs to engage it maybe a little differently? Well, the difference is, is, is the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus practiced, taught, and understood the whole concept of love. And so when we talk about unity, we're not just talking about coming together, going to a baseball game together. We're talking about really getting into the gist of really getting to learn and to feel the pulse of that person's heart and get to know them from a from a Christ, Christian perspective. And I think that's what makes the difference. We're not just talking about coming together and just, say, doing things together, but we're talking about actually joining our hearts together and doing something great for the city. Oh, Aaron, I love that. You know, recently I was with a group of believers. There wasn't anything overly unified about just being together and being Christians. You know what I'm saying? You can small talk about, you know, recipes and you can small talk about, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with talking about just life and, and things like that. But just because you're in the same room doesn't necessarily mean you're unified. Yeah. So, yes. What are the distinguishing factors for me in terms of the unity is to recognize that Christ loved people but he also had a great concern for the least of these. And I think that the unity uh, means so much more when there are things that go beyond words. So for me, 
I have to understand what it's like to be an immigrant, to understand the immigration issues. I have to understand what it's like to be African-American in the different contexts and the oppression and the institutional racism and things that they face on a daily basis for me to have that compassion. But not just the compassion. I have to look and ask myself, if the things that I see are unjust and unfair and they're not right, what am I doing to make them right? And I think that's the point of racial reconciliation, is to recognize that there are things that are unfair and unjust, and not just to pray about them, but to say, what am I in my sphere of influence going to do to address those issues and to walk in solidarity with those in the midst of those issues, but do something about it? Yeah, sure. And Aaron, Don just kind of gave reference to not just the unity or acceptance between white and black, but he also opened up the door for other ethnic groups. You know, we have the Hispanic community, which is the Asian community. I mean, you know, all of what makes up the wonderful creation of God's people, right? Well, you know, the the Bible said there's no difference between Jew nor Greek for the same Lord is Lord over all of us. And so I think, as Don has indicated, we've got to really get to know the individual. We've got to sit down, sup with them, fellowship with them, develop a relationship. You can have all the fellowship, but until you start developing relationships, getting to know why that person thinks the way they think, why do you act the way they act? I believe once you get into that gist of that person, why do you think the way they think? I remember the mo- movie, I believe it was from, I remember the Titans, and I think it was Denzel Washington. Yeah. And how he brought the team together, and he said that when they go in this little camp, that they weren't going to go there white with white, but it was a white person had to be with a black person. And they had different attitudes before they actually got together, but once they got to know each other, talk with each other, and experience some of the person's background, they began to like and to love each other. So I think that's what's got to happen. Yeah. We've got to take time to actually be intentional in our efforts. I believe that we don't have enough intentionality in the pulpits uh, with pastors, not teaching uh, racial reconciliation. I think it's got to be something where we really make it an intentional effort to do on a regular basis. Well, and I think that's key right there, intentional on a regular basis. And you both have alluded to that. This event on September 22nd, 10 to 3, at Rising Sun is not just a one-time event for you guys. This is ongoing. You get, this is a work in progress, and, and this is a process that both of you are engaging the issue, Don. So, but give us a little backstory, if you will, about this particular Embrace Unity, and why do you feel this particular event is so important for the whole city of Memphis, not just your churches? Well, actually, this was uh, something we thought about about a couple of years ago. We felt that it was time for us to come together with more than just church. You know, even with the multicultural churches, they worship together. Many of them come together, worship together, but when the uh, churches dismiss, they still go to their different homes. Uh, when they come to a football game, they come together, they support a particular team, but once they leave and the game is over, they go to their particular homes. But we thought it would be good to get an event where we can come. We call it a sort of a, a family reunion of all Christians and all of our other brothers to come together and have a rally. And we just come together. We, we, we eat together. We fellowship together. We enjoy the games together. And uh, from races from all over the city. And we felt that that would be the best way to show that we are, as a city, 
coming together to really show that we can come together more than just coming to church and worship. So this will be the third this annual? Is the, this is the second. This is the second event. Now, we were okay, we were here together last year. I was, for some reason, was thinking that this had been had happened before. Let's kind of reflect back a little bit. Don, did you participate in last year's event? I was there. What did you think about it? I think it's uh, it's a good event. It's a stepping stone for me. We talk about trying to get uh, different churches from different denominations and colors together. And so it, at one point, yes, you'd like pastors to exchange pulpits. You'd like for the congregations to mix. And this is a helpful tool for congregations to mix so that you're able to go out and to meet people from different backgrounds. And then when it's time for your church to get together with another church, you've got some context there. When you walk in, you've seen some of the people. You've got a couple names or faces that you remember. So it's a little bit easier to walk in than to just do it cold and say, hey, we're just going to bring our church and show up at your place. Now we've had some fellowship together. We've talked. We've shared a little bit. And now I have more of an awareness of this person. And when I go to their church, I'm looking for that person. I want to develop that relationship. I want to take it farther. That helps the church. That helps the pastor get his congregation to um, buy into the relationships that you want to develop over time. Right. Mm-hmm. How about the two of you personally? I mean, planning an event like this, how has your relationship grown, deepened? You spend oh, time yeah. together? Oh, yeah, we spent time together. We, uh, oh, last year, well, uh, early part of this year, we, we drove down to New Orleans together with the c- conference that we had. And Don is just a great guy. I mean, he, he's a stand-up guy. We just thank God for him. Thank God for the relationships, for his humility, his willingness to be humble, you know, someone who will serve in any capacity, and I think we'll learn a whole lot from about him, and well, just appreciate him and what he, stand, what he stands for. Let's just remind our, our friends listening to today's live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint here, Byron Tyler with Aaron Campbell, pastor of Rising Sun Ministries, and also Don Gilbert. Now, Don, I don't think we mentioned the name of your church or the ministry that you're working with at Orange Mound. Did we do that? I don't think we did. Uh, we, we did not. It's Kingdom Community Builders. So... Again, we've got our Facebook friends that are watching live, and we encourage you to share this because we really want to get the word out about this event that's taking place on Saturday, September the 22nd from 10 until 3, and this is like a family reunion and picnic. Sure. So talk about that. Well, sure. We've got about 20 acres that we're going to be having something similar to a little fair. We're going to have rock climbing. We're going to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, the... Uh, all the bouncers and all that type of thing. We're just going to have, you know, uh, people from all over the city coming, and we're going to have booths set up. We're just going to come and have a great time eating and fellowshipping and singing. We're going to have singing and celebration and praying, and you name it, we're going to have it. But we're just going to be coming together, all races, just serving God and worshiping God all together. We've got a number of groups coming in. Daryl Pettis, Strength and Praise, Peacemakers. Nueva Vida is going to bring their um, dance team. And Brian Callies and Tierra Allen Dance. So we've got a good lineup on the stage. And Rising Sun Praise Team will be opening up for us. Okay. Wow, this is great. And there's no cost, I don't believe, is no, there? No, just come out and enjoy yourself. Bring your family. You know, we'd love to see uh, uh, just an array of different colors out there. That's how heaven is going to look. Yeah. We'd love to see black, white, Hispanic, Asians, you name it. We want to come, come together. And uh, we want our white pastor friends out there to really push this for us, you know. You know, uh, uh, we want all. When we see, we don't want to just see a bunch of Afro Americans. We don't want to just see Hispanics. We want to see races of all 
uh, from all ethnic groups to come out and enjoy this fellowship of fun. Everything is free, and uh, we will have uh, someone to be do parking and security, so they don't have to worry about anything like that. It would be great if people from across the city and, you know, even outside the city proper, some of the suburbs, as Don mentioned, moving Definitely. from Germantown, some of our Germantown residents, Collierville residents, even outside Shelby County that can hear our program right now sure. can come and experience this fellowship, the, the fun time, and really help start building those relationships that, as you mentioned, Don, can be intentional to make the community better, to serve the community. And, and let's talk just a second, if we can, a little about how some of this outflow, you would envision this happening, to see being more intentional unity, more involvement to do ministry together in the community. Yeah, I think there's a, a great push in Memphis from across of a number of networks to build these relationships, and then from these relationships begin to work hand-in-hand to address specific issues. So some of the issues that have come forth have been uh, immigration has been one, uh, educational reform, economic development and job access, uh, addressing poverty. And for us as churches, especially white evangelical churches, we've got to realize that these are issues in the inner city, that there is great African, American, and Latino leadership in place, and we've got to get to begin to work with them, sometimes under them. They know the issues better than we do. We have the resources. We've got to leverage those resources, but to recognize that even if we live in the suburbs, education may not seem much to us. Uh, I hate to use Collierville as an example, but I will. Um, you know, they've got a brand-new complex, and they've got everything uh, that you would love to have in the inner city, but we don't have it. And because we don't have it, our kids don't have the same level of education that they would in Collierville. And so there are things that we need to examine and look at and say, um, how do we bring equity to these situations? And it's going to cost me something in order to come alongside those people of color who don't have that same access and equity. What am I going to bring to the table? How can I find a particular issue that I'm passionate about to walk with them on? But we've got to move and we've got to put some uh, faith to our feet as well as our mouth. And that's what reconciliation is all about. It's about seeing uh, different cultures from their perspective. And how do you see things from their perspective? You get to know them. You develop relationships. You you, you take the time to, to leave the, the, the Collierville's or the Suburbans and come in and to see and really address the issues and see how things are. Because we may find out that what we perceive sometimes is not always what's actually the reality of it. You know, I can say something about a particular city, but until I get into that particular area and understand why you see this, you know, many times we, we take for granted that, you know, when you're in a home with both parents and you've got two people who love you, then we, we don't understand why that parent, why that young man who don't, don't even know his father, if his father walked in the room today, he wouldn't know him. Why does that person act like that? Why is there so much anger? You know, I was talking to a young man one day as I was riding with him, and that's, he just said he was angry. And uh, one of the reasons he was angry because his father and he had no relationship. So these are things that sometimes we take for granted. Yes. I, you know, I got to grow up with my father. My children all grew up with their dad, established a relationship with them. So, and so we expect certain things. If we're not careful, we perceive that 
that all young men should act like my son. Yes. And that's not going to be the case. That's so true. Wow. Gentlemen, our time has slipped away, but uh, this has been great. Hope you'll come back with other issues related to building a better community as uh, you guys are coming together for this event. Again, Embrace Unity, a family reunion, picnic, and rally. The whole city is invited to come out and enjoy. There's going to be free giveaways, uh, free food, team competition, sports, fun and games, volleyball, horseback riding, rock climbing tower, baseball, a whole lot more. Going to be on Saturday, September 22nd, 10 to 3 at Rising Sun Outreach Ministries, 5255 Tulane Road in Memphis. Aaron said there's like 20 acres out there, plenty of room to run around, have some fun with the family, meet some of the other folks in our community. Please come out. Please pray for this event, too. Guys, thank you so much. Is there a website or something that folks want, or a Facebook page designed to get more information well, on? PCCNA uh, page. we got a PCCNA page that they get information. Okay, more information there. And then when they get it, share it. Share with their friends. Please do. All right. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.